just let me quickly just frame Sam and Jamie, who have been uh, leaders of Regenerate for about four or five years. Awesome people. Uh, Sam and Jamie are taking a break this semester. And the reason is, is that um, some of you might know that Sam and Jamie recently lost a baby uh, in a miscarriage situation, but this is like the fourth one in the last few years. And, um, and honestly, they're just really grieving. And, and there's just that, that, that's the biggest thing and just some other personal stuff. And so what, you know, I talked with them, I met with them, met with the elders at River City and we said, you know what, why don't you guys take a break this semester and just rest, recoup. Um, and so that's what they're doing. And it's really hard for them to not be here tonight. Like it's a really big deal that they're taking a break and I'm proud of them for saying, yeah, okay, that's, I think that's wise. But they're, your guys are family, they're, you're part of their family. And so anyway, we're gonna miss them for the semester, but it's not like they're, it's not like you can't talk to them, so I can't go see them, it's not like you can't write them a note. Um, I'd encourage you to do that. If you go to River City, they'll be there regularly. And But, but reach out to them, I encourage you to do that. But we wanted to just say, hey, why don't you just take a break from the weekly connect and, and you don't have to plan anything. You got a great, they, they've done a great job raising up the team. And so I'm just excited uh, to just kind of be a little bit of a part tonight and, and just gonna be touching base with the team, the regen team through the uh, semester. So, but we, we recorded, a, Sam and Jamie recorded a little video. So why don't you show up tonight? Hi. Hey, how you guys doing? Regenerate, we love you guys. We yeah. miss you. Yes, we do. Um, Sam here, college director at River City Church. Jamie, and, and this is Lainey. For those of you who have never met us, which is awkward because it's just a video, but anyway, <laughs> um, we, we're really bummed that we won't be able to be with you guys tonight, but, um, you know, scripture says that Jesus withdrew often to be alone with the father. And that's kind of what we're doing during this time. We'll be checking in with you guys occasionally. We're not going to like completely abandon you and we, we couldn't stop being friends with you even if we tried anyway. So you will be seeing us around. Um, but, um, but we're not going to be there tonight and we're not going to be there during our regular regenerate meetings. We're going to be in a season of rest right now. Um, just working on us, working on our family, our marriage, and, um, just being with God. So, um, anyway, we love you guys and, uh, we're praying for you guys to have an amazing semester. Yep. And if you, um, if you want to be praying for us, you could just be praying that, um, just that we would really have um, special moments with God in this time of um, taking a break and resting. Um, that we would have... Down Boone. That's our dog. <laughs> um, just that we would have um, special times as a family and that we would um, really get to rest and, and heal from some, just some different hurts that we've experienced in the last few years. Mm -hmm. so anyway pray for us we'll be praying for you um stay in touch with us and we'll see you guys around have an awesome night regenerate we love you guys bye bye awesome thanks guys let's uh let's let's pray for them right now would you join me lord we lord we love sam and jamie and laney and um and lord we heard their heart tonight which is just lord they asked us to pray for um just to be healed up to rest to really connect as a family and so Lord, we will just not only pray tonight but we'll remember to pray for them during the week as well and so we, we pray to encourage them tonight even as they're not here and that's hard for them 
uh, we just pray you bless them and let, let them just have a great time with Laney and together as a couple in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, you guys. Well, hey, I, I passed out some notes to you there, and so um, so you can follow along. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight. We're going to kick off just a series on relationships all the way up through February 13th. We'll be talking about relationships next week. Kyle Ridley's coming in. He's going to be talking relationships. Kyle's in his late 20s. Uh, just recently got married, kind of like Meg and Isaac, a little bit older than these guys. But so he can talk to you from this freshly, like I'm freshly married, uh, and how did I do? How, how did it happen? How did it work? I don't know. I don't fully know what he's going to talk about. And then after that, Largent Reeves going to come in. He's going to talk about friendships. Yeah. And then on, at the panel on the 13th, we've got Ryan, Jackie King, and Lindell and Sherry Stoughton. Um, and then I'll MC that. My wife may show up too, so that'll be super cool. Um, anyway, it's going to be fun. The, these are these guys are very very great. Lindell and Sherry are both medical doctors, um, and so they know everything. Let's just say that. I mean, you know, and Ryan and Jackie are, are awesome. Have a great marriage. So they can talk all kinds of stuff to you there. So it's going to be good. So tonight I want to I want to talk to you about relationships. I want to talk about loving well. And um, for some of us, it's easier than others to receive love and to give love. Um, but but it really depends on how you grew up, uh, your background, your history, and I get that. And so. Um, I want, to, I want you to turn to a couple passages, and they're on your, you don't have to turn to them because you got them on your notes, but Psalm 139 um, is the first one, and, and here's your first point, receive and rest in God's love. If you're going to love well, first you have to just be able to receive and rest in God's love, and uh, yeah, I'm taking the PowerPoint, oh, so beautiful, all right, I'm going to have to stand over here, so, um, so let's look at this. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. Oh, love that. Like, you guys, if you haven't read Psalm 139 in a while, you should write, make sure you read that again and think about that. I mean, you look through there, you guys, and I, I, this is such a great passage for just getting a clue that God made you, he formed you, he knew you, you were intentional. Even if you go, well, you don't know, I mean, my parent, they, they didn't, you know, like, you don't know how I came into this world. God doesn't allow anybody to be born without an intention, like without purpose, without a plan. And you, and you can see it right here. I knew you. I, I, I formed you before. I knew you. My thoughts towards you are precious. I mean, I just love how much intentionality is in here. And I guess what I want you to grab tonight is like you are not a mistake, quite the opposite. You are planned, intentional, um, and you're incredibly valuable. You are so stinking loved by God. I mean, and you might go, and like if right now internally you're like, ah, I don't know. I, I get that pushback internally, but I just I want to speak the truth to you, which is right here, which is the word of God. And he says, you're on purpose, intentional. God is grateful he made you. He's like, Lacey, when he looks at you, he's like, that's my precious daughter, Lacey. 
right? Yeah. Raven, when he looks at you, my friend, he's like, that's my boy. Yeah. That's my man, Raven. And, and for some of us, that is hard to receive it. But I'm telling you, God even wants to heal up your receiver tonight. Because it's pretty hard to give love if you haven't received it. Yeah. But for some of you, you need your receiver healed up. And, and Lord, I pray you heal up people's receivers here tonight. That they be able to receive the truth that you love them, that they're your kids, and you intentionally made them, and you, your thoughts towards them are precious. Ah, love it. So you're loved well. And when you get that, and you get a, a growing sense of security about who you are in Christ and how well loved you are, your ability to help and love other people totally changes. Because if you're trying to love other people well and you don't feel loved or you haven't received God's love, it's pretty difficult to give it away well. Yep. It just kind of becomes this, you put it on, you kind of fake it. Yeah. Or, you, or you are so struggle, you're so self-consumed with your own insecurity that you aren't thinking about anybody else. And you guys are, most of your you know, I don't know, most of you are from anywhere from 18 to 25, I'm assuming, somewhere in that range. This time of your life is probably the most self-consumed you'll ever be. <laughs> so you might go, is that supposed to be encouraging? <laughs> it's just where you're at. And part of that is just, it's just the nature of being young. And your 20-somethings are in such an awesome time of your life because you're adults, you're, you're smart, you got, you got the future all ahead of you, but you don't have that much life experience, which is okay, it's just where you're at. But one of the greatest challenges, I think, for, your, for this college age is self-awareness. You, you're self-consumed, which is, is kind of a human issue. We're all pretty self-consumed. But, you know, most of you, you guys just got married. I mean, you're just, as you can make here, I mean, it's been like two months or two, three months. And not, even. not even. And so they're just catching it like, oh my goodness, my life is not just about me. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, just the fact you get married, you, that's where it first clues in. You're like, I remember, I remember the first week of marriage. And I remember going, I don't want to mess up my wife. Like, like I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, what did I just do? I mean, I was so thrilled, but also I was like, my decisions are not just my decisions anymore. Like you, but see, that's the lie. You think that the decisions you make are in a vacuum and they don't affect anybody else when you're single and 20. But it's like you get married and you're like, wait a minute. Like I'm, like I'm in a forever partnership, forever. Oh my goodness. So God helps you through that. But that's kind of where it starts. And then kids come along after a while. And then you're like, these guys like, still come with instruction manuals. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Neither does marriage, typically. So, anyway, the Bible does have some good instructions. So, love, let God love you. And just, you might go, Kevin, I don't know what to do. I, I would just say this really practically. One way to do is get your mind transformed by reading scripture. And so, like, you got it on a piece of paper. Take it home. Look it up in your own Bible, in your own version. Read that over and over. Read that once a week. Read that every day if you need to. And, and let God go, man, your thoughts for me are precious. Like, you... I'm your workmanship. I mean, like, wow. Like, you formed me, God. You, this, you knit me together in my mother's womb before I even, wow. You know, just like, what does that mean, God? Like, how do I grasp that? Ask him to help you grasp it. 
So be loved well. The second thing is, and, and I want to read you this Romans 12 passage, and it's kind of long, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. But I'm only going to focus the rest of the time on verses 9 and 10. But I want to read the whole context. Can you work with me on that? It says, uh, uh, starting in verse 1. Here we go. Oh, what happened there? Oh, yeah. All right, I'll just leave it. Here we go. You have it in front of you. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So he, he's saying worshiping him is full in. It's full tilt. Worship isn't just the singing we're going to do at the end of this or, or on Sunday when you go to church and you sing. Worship isn't just, he wants like your whole life. Every bit of it, right? Then verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will then you will learn to know God's will for you. You should you should circle think there. Change what you think, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. L listen to this. Don't think you're better than you really are. Yep. You guys should really underline that. Some of you, here's the thing. Some of you, you don't relate with that at all. You're like, some of you are like, yeah, I guess I do kind of think how I myself. There's a few of you. Then there's a few who are like, I don't think anything good about this. Yeah. Both of them are sin. Yeah. To think too lowly of yourself and to think too highly of yourself, you can tilt either way because pride goes on both ends. If you think you're a worm and you suck and you have no value, that's actually a sin. If you think you're the most amazing person on the planet and you're better than everybody else, that's a sin. But if you go, I'm, you rest in the fact that God loves you and he made you and you're his kid and he has purpose for you, ah, sweet spot. <clears throat> I'll skip down to verse four. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we are all belong to each other. So there's this interconnection, even here at Regenerate, you guys. The fact that you guys are in college together, college age, you, you come to this gathering. Like, God wants to knit hearts and, and create a greater family. Verse 6, in his grace, God has given um, different gifts for doing certain things. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If you, give, if you have the gifts of serving, uh, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If you have the gift to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is to give, give generously. If God give you a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now here's where I want you to focus. 9 and 10. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. See, that, that, that's like, oh my goodness, there's so much in there. I so was tempted not to even put this in here because it's so much. But I thought, you know, I'm going to read the whole context for you because it's really good to read what's around a few verses, right? That's called reading the context. So I just want to focus on 9 and 10 here. But here's my second point. So the first one is just, you know, rest in, in, in God's love. Receive it and rest in it. And secondly, love sincerely, don't fake it, right? Love sincerely, don't fake it. So I want to just highlight verse 9. From I've got three different translations up here. One's, a, one's the paraphrase from the message. But look what it says in verse 9. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. 
message says it this way, love from the center of who you are, don't fake it. And then New King James says, let love be without hypocrisy. That word hypocrisy is, is like in the, in the Greek world, when they would have a drama, they would, in the old, old days, they would put, use masks to represent different characters. And it's basically, this word means without masks. So love without masks, like be real, be genuine. And, but, but how does that happen? Well, it happens, and, and the word love here is, is agape in, in the Greek, and it is, it is that unconditional, sacrificial love. And, and it's, it's, it's really, you can only love like that with God's help. So again, it makes us dependent on God. We gotta go, God, I can't love people unconditionally. I, there's no way, you don't know that person. I can't love them like that. Well, right here it says we can with God's help. And so, um, what do you think some lids are to loving like that? Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Like, what are some lids, help me out. What are some lids to loving people like we just read here? Love sincerely. Don't fake it. I mean, how, what do you what do you think are some lids? Can you? You don't trust them. Okay, so you, okay, good. So you don't trust them. So a lid would be lack of trust. That's good, Rob. What else? Wearing a facade. The person has a, a facade. You mean? Yeah. So you said they're so they're so they're fake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. They've hurt you in the past. Right. Okay. They've hurt you. Okay. Good. What else? Yeah. Okay. So you you're you're viewing them through preconceived. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna write prejudices just because for the sake of time. Prejudices. Okay. That's I mean that's an excellent point. You have a filter, a lens, you're looking at people through, or you prejudge them based upon how they look, or how they don't look, or what they wear, or what they don't wear. Yeah? Uh, I don't know if you're raising your hand but uh, you think that you're too damaged to do it well. Mm, you think you're too damaged to love like that. Mm, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, too damaged. Okay, you get it. I mean, that's really good. And what's and where's the, is it Douglas? Is that right? Yeah. Where's the focus on that statement? My problem. Yeah, you're self-focused, aren't you? Well, I'm too damaged. I've got too much hurt, too much pain, too much whatever. Right. So it goes back to that original point, which is, am I really resting and receiving God's love? Because the truth is actually what you said is true. We are all broken. We're all damaged. Without Jesus, I mean, doesn't mean we aren't loved well. It just means we're we're in the. If you're a believer, you're in the sanctification process, right? And so, but it doesn't mean you can't love. But it's but you're you're self consumed with that. I think that's an excellent good point. Maybe you've never seen it modeled. Maybe you're just like I, I've just never seen love like that. Fearful of being hurt, I think was mentioned. Sometimes loving really real is just flat out inconvenient. <laughs> It's like, I don't have time to love people like that. I got goals, right? Because um, uh, here's the truth. To really love people genuinely means you get below the surface, and sometimes you get in their mess a little bit because they open up to you. And once you get below the surface, it gets sometimes kind of ugly. And so, but I'll tell you what, it, 
It's a beautiful mess. Like, it's a beautiful mess when you realize you don't have to fix them. Right? But being a person that God might use to encourage them, pray for them, it's beautiful. So, I think another thing that, that uh, is a lid is having a scarcity mindset. Scarcity versus abundance mindset. So, and you just write those two words down, maybe scarcity and abundance. Sometimes we look at relationships with a scarcity thinking and a scarcity mindset. Like, well, if I, if, I mean, if I'm really good friends with these three people, I'm full. I don't have any more to give. Right now, I'm saying we do have limited time. I get that. But I think what happens is, if I love like that here, how can I, how can I love anybody else? And maybe go, I, you know, like for me, it's like, well, I love, you know, I love Shelly, and I love Aiden, and I love Rowan. That's my family, my, my media family. I don't got any more love to give, guys. I'm out, right? And you go, well, that's ridiculous. Of course it is. But when you have a, what happens is when you have a scarcity mindset, you can do that. I mean, I remember, I mean, and I'm sorry I'm talking from a married perspective here, but just to give you an example, I just remember Aiden, we had Aiden and, you know, we loved him and we tried to love him well. We didn't do it perfectly. He's got a few scars and had to go to a little bit of therapy, but not a ton. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? And uh, he's laughing like, beat you up later, Dad. Anyway, um, but, but I remember when we were going to get Rowan and we adopted a little boy, I remember thinking to myself, we love Aiden so much. Is there any way that we could love another child like that? Like, yeah. aren't I? Aren't are are we gonna have to take away some love from Aiden? Like, now we're only gonna love him like at fifty percent, so we can love Rowan at fifty percent. That's a scarcity mindset, and you can do that with relationships and friendships as well. You can go, well, I can't be friends with more than three people because then I won't care about them well. I just want to tell you what, what I think happens, you guys, if you, if you let God do this, your capacity changes. So you go from maybe this size bucket of love to if you let God, he increases your capacity to love. And that's exactly what happened. A parent will tell you that. Rob will tell you that. He's got a couple boys, right? You, you don't, it's not like you don't take away. There's not like a, a limited amount of love to give. God just goes, <laughs> If you'll let me, I'll increase your capacity to love well. I mean, I, I you know, I pastor River City Church. We've got quite a few people. I remember thinking when the church was 100 people, I'm like, oh, God, this is a lot of people. I don't know if I can love all these people. And I remember, I'll never forget standing at the back of the sanctuary about 12 years ago and looking out over the sanctuary. And Shelly and I were both standing there, and I looked out, and we went, wow. Like, we, I mean, we just both started weeping. We're like, we really love these people. Like, and God did something supernatural and that's I think what he did is when it wasn't that we didn't love him before but all of a sudden we went cool I just gave you capacity to love more and um, and and that's what happened even recently we merged with New Bridges Church and you know that's like two two to three hundred more people <laughs> we're like going how do you love those people you know <laughs> it's like it's like I don't know if God's up there going is that how it happens but anyway but I, but I think it's true. And so I think when you go, God, you've loved me so well, help me to receive so that I can give it away just like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sweet. Third thing, sniff out evil, taste what's good. <laughs> um, 
Look at, look at verse 9, because it's 9, it says, the latter part of it, it says, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, run for dear life from evil, hold on for dear life to good, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. This, this word hate in the original language is really strong, like it's, it's like turn from, avoid, it's, it's super, it's, it's this hate the evil, it doesn't, it's not saying hate evil people, it's hate the evil things, it's hate the things that the enemy is doing, not the people, but the thing. And it, it's, it's turn away from it, avoid it. And, and, I, and I just, I, you know, I'll just use a nice skunk analogy here. You know, skunks on TV look really nice. They're sort of cute, right? They've got a cool stripe. They're sort of cuddly looking. Sam, yes? Uh, Did I miss something? Did I get the wrong number? Is that supposed to be three? No. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, I'm just going to keep going. So, but here's the thing with skunks. Like, once you've ever encountered a skunk, you're going to, you're going to go, I'm not getting near that skunk ever, right? And so I'm just telling you, when it comes to sin, when it comes to evil, ask God to give you a, a better sniffer <laughs> for what's evil. You ever get, you ever been out walking on a levee or something and you don't see the skunk, but you know there's a skunk nearby? It doesn't take much. Or you go, he, he crossed by here about three hours ago, and you're like, yeah, he's still lingering. I'm just saying, ask God to spiritually give you a sniffer for evil so that you stay away from it. Not because God's not trying to squelch your fun. Because there is pleasure in sin. Of course there is. Because here's the deal. The enemy, what he does is, the enemy's not creative. The devil's not creative. So what he does is he takes God's truth and he twists it. <laughs> and distorts it and goes, do it my way. God's, God's holding out on you. Do it my way. You know, that's why, like, like, that's why, you know, sex is the biggest example of that. Like, God created sex, you guys. Like, he loves it. Like, he said, I made this for a married couple. I hope you guys are having great sex. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, that's kind of embarrassing. Let's be real here. I mean, you're married. You're legal. Go for it. You've got the rest of your lives to get better at it, right? And so, and, and sorry, Meg's like, it's white. You know, you're white red. Anyway, what I'm saying is, guys, guys, here's the deal. Like, being married is awesome. Not just because of the sex. I mean, there's lots of other benefits, right? But, but that's like a nice Benny. I'm just telling you. I'm just trying to prep you for the love for him. Okay, anyway. Um, so, but the enemy's like, if I can get you to get addicted to porn, if I can get you to do it outside of my context, truth concept and biblical context, then I can distort what, the, what God made and then you'll have all these weird perspectives and views and, and, and then you'll start going down all these weird paths and, and you know what? God forgives. He redeems. He, he can refresh all that, your thinking and all that. But I'm just telling you, as, as I like to say, God created the fire called sex, lovemaking for a married relationship. He's just saying keep it in the fireplace. Because yeah. fire outside of the fireplace burns stuff down yeah. and causes damage and destruction. But in the fireplace, nice. <laughs> right? That's where it's supposed to be. Right? You're like, I didn't know the pastor would talk about this. I'm coming next week. Anyway, um, so so have a sniffer for evil, and and but here's the better part, you guys. Taste what's good. 
struggling with this double whammy thing here. Look at this. Psalm 119, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Ah, I love that. So the psalmist is saying, when I read the scripture, when I ponder your words, God, it's it's like honey. It's like tasty, you know? And he's like, I get understanding, I get revelation, I get like stuff I didn't get, I get. And 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 because of that, therefore. I hate every evil thing, every false way. It's like it's like because what you do is when you when you consume yourself with truth and the word, and and you're getting that in you, you start to recognize the false stuff easier, quicker. That's really important, right? People go, why should I read my Bible? So that you get what the real truth is, so that you live a life that's that's not just pleasing to God, but it's so much better. It's like why would you settle for counterfeit? And that's what we do, you guys. That's what sin is. It's counterfeit pleasure. Right. Uh, I think it's C.S. Lewis who says, I'm not going to quote it correctly, but he basically says something like this. If God has a beach house on the Oregon coast, this is Kevin Beeson translation, why would you settle for a mud puddle in your backyard for your vacation? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely my own version. But that's the gist. Why would you play in the mud in the backyard? There's some pleasure in it. Why would you do that when you have a beach house on the coast that you that he's got ready for you? You know, that's what Isaac and Megan said. They said, we're going to the coast, baby. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, good for you. You know? And, and so that's, that's, that's so important. All right. Let's go to the next point. Love like family, build trust. Um, this is so important for you guys. And here, it... In it, as a whole, in general, but also regenerate. Love each other with genuine affection. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. This this word love here is not agape, it's phileo. It's brotherly kind of love, like the city of Philadelphia was named after this Greek word. Um, and so, be. I like the, the message. Be good friends who love deeply. Like, you, you won't be able to love everybody in this room deeply, but God will he'll, he'll grow your love for each other even in this room. And he'll let you have a few people that you'll go deep on it. And, and I just love it. But, but I think, Rob, you said it. One of the barriers is lack of trust. And so to do this, to build trust, when you build trust, you start to love people deeply. Because you know them. And they know you. Right? And so um, just, just to give you, I, I like to do this analogy. I call it the trust bucket. Right? So let's just call this the trust bucket. And here's what's important because trust, you can extend a little bit of trust, right? But trust is full, almost completely fully earned. And when someone hurts you, I think one of the things we said before was, you know, it's hard to love well if you've been hurt or someone's hurt you. Totally true. And you can even forgive that person, right? Which you're supposed to do as a believer you're offended or they hurt you or they offended you you're supposed to extend forgiveness but extending forgiveness does not mean you trust them and in some cases you should not trust them it gets earned back it well it, that's that's important so so what i say in in any relationships is what you got to do is figure out what are the deposits that you that build up trust in the trust account you know how do we grow this thing 
So all of a sudden, Tristan and I now are friends, um, which we sort of are. We're not deep, deep friends. But if I wanted to build a closer friendship with you, one of the key things would be we would need to build some trust, right? And he's, you know, Chris is a nice guy. He's easy to talk to. He shares a little bit of his heart with me. I can share a little bit with him. But we haven't had very many deep conversations, lots of casual. But if I want to build a trust, a deeper relationship with him, how would I do that? And how would I do that? And so I'll, I want to just give you a few things because of the sake of time. Uh, what do I need to be done? Like eight-ish, right? 9.30. Okay, I'll, I can get through this pretty quick. But let me let me uh, let me let me go here just a second. Let me read a couple of verses that are on your on your paper there. Um, oh, uh, I, I want to give you this slide. Brothers from another mother and sisters from another mister. When you're a believer in Jesus, you have a bigger family, and so I love these B fam and uh, S fam, sisters from another mister, brothers. So you have a bunch of new, if you're a believer in Jesus, you got a bigger family, and you got brothers and sisters. Okay, that may be totally '80s, but you know I'm a child of the '80s. So there you go. And it's funny because uh, I remember even Rowan said that to me. He's like, "Dad, you're my brother." Brother from another mother. Look at all these verses. Keep on loving each other as brothers um, and sisters, all right? We can include that. Um, especially, look at this. Therefore, as, as we have the opportunity, let us do, do good to all people, Galatians 6, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So you're supposed to do good to all people, but especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, you should really treat them well, like brothers and sisters. Look at this. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Ooh. Ooh. Some of you are really great talkers, and you need to shut up more. <laughs> I'm included. I'm included. I'm one of those people. Um, and, and you might go, and some of you have a lot of really great things to say, but you can't get a word in edgewise. But I just want you to know, if you're a talker, some of the best wisdom is sitting with the people who don't say much. But if you grow in your ability to ask good questions, I promise you, you'll find some gold. Um, Look at this, this Jesus here. He says, don't believe me unless, this is Jesus talking with John 10. Don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I've done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. I put that up there because I think what's kind of cool here is Jesus says, listen, you don't have to just trust me because I say you should trust me. I'm going to earn it. Let me, let me show you that I'm trustworthy. What I say is true and I'll back it up with, with works, with miraculous works. Just watch what happens. You don't have to believe me, but watch. And I love that. And, and I think that's where trust is earned. It must be proven and Jesus is speaking it. And so um, let, me, let me just jot down a few things. I don't know if I put these on your notes. Let me give you, I think I have them on the screen here now. Here's how we build trust. Do these things. You should write these down if you don't have them on there. Don't try to fix each other. <laughs> Some of you have a great proclivity to see problems and even fix problems. This is especially a male trait, I think. Um, I, I try to do this all the time. And it's what I do, I'm a pastor, right? People come to me for advice all the time, I'm like, what do you think? And, and, and I remember early on in my pastoral life, I'm like, I'd sit down with somebody, they'd tell me their problems, I'm like, all right, here's the four things you should do. Boom, boom, boom. And they're like, 
Sometimes they look at me like, oh, that's great. Thank you, Pastor. And sometimes they're like, well, well, and I'm kind of like, are you done? I got to go. I got other stuff to do. I got other people to fix. Right? I wasn't quite that mean. But, but you know, what I found is that I got impatient because they weren't taking my advice. Here's the thing. Even if I gave them the right advice, even good biblical sound advice, if they sometimes the ability to receive it doesn't come unless, of course, they trust you, but they feel loved and valued. And sometimes what I find is that people, even if you give them the right words, it may not be really what they need because what they really need is what God's doing in them. And so you want to help them discover what God's already doing because here's the truth. The genius is the Holy Spirit. He's already working in them. So if you can help them discover what God's already doing in them, because sometimes you are not clued in what God's doing in you, then help them draw that out. That's huge. So don't tell them how to feel. This is important. Listen more. Practice vulnerability. Whew. This is a tough one. And you got to be careful here. you got to be wise. I'm not saying you should be transparent with everybody, but you should not be afraid to go a little bit below the surface. Um, like, I'll, I'll give you an example here you know, recently in my life about telling people how to feel. I'm pretty good about not doing this with, with most people, but with my wife, I'm terrible. And recently, Shelly and I, my wife, we've been married maybe 28 years of May. And, uh, yeah, 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 it's hard to believe. So currently 27 years. And, um, and I remember we were talking about something and she's telling me how she's feeling about it. And I'm like, well, why are you feeling that way? I mean, it's, I can't, I, and I even said to her, you can't feel, you can't, that's not right. You can't feel that right now. And here's what's cool about Shelly is she's a strong woman. And she's like, Hey, hold on, hold on. She goes, you don't treat anybody else like that. Why are you telling me how I can feel? And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not telling you how to feel. Yes, you are. You just told me I can't feel like that. And I'm like, and I'm like, was I, did I? Yeah, I guess I did. Okay, I'm so sorry. You know, I apologize, but I'm, and asked her forgiveness, but she's right. Even if her feelings about the situation weren't right or were really skewed, I can't tell her how to feel. That's that's her. That's her feelings, her issue, even if they're skewed. And and so it doesn't do any good to tell somebody, you can't feel that way. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, even for people who've been married almost 28 years, we're still working through stuff. Right? Rob, you probably I know your marriage is probably perfect, but um, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean this this thing, you guys are just starting out the beginning journey here in here in the honeymoon phase, right? It's wonderful. And you probably think he's perfect. He's amazing. He's dreamy. You know, anyway, which I know you are, Isaac. And, um, and you guys are both awesome. But as you get to know each other more and as, you, as your depth of love grows for each other and as you grow and age and all the stuff, you're going to, here's the thing. You think you're in love now. You are. But you barely love each other right now. I'm just telling you. Like, your love right now is awesome. It's about that deep. And that's not a slam. That's just the reality of it just gets better. Like I'm just telling you, this can get get so much better if you are intentional and are intense with each other in lovingly good ways, right? And you're gonna blow it, you're gonna make mistakes, but you just keep 
asking forgiveness, extending trust, being vulnerable. Don't try to fix each other. Don't tell each other how to feel. Listen to each other. Be empathetic. What does be empathetic mean? Get down in the hole with people. You don't have to be a victim, but don't be afraid to. If someone's in the hole and they're in a bad place, don't be afraid to get down in there with them and be there. Be with them. I'm not saying be a victim, okay, but be with them. Don't run from them. Ask more questions. Um, and, and I, I was thinking to myself, how do I do this? But I, I, let me give you the last point: is honor each other. Just honor each other. Um, take delight in honoring each other. Practice playing second fiddle. This is a big deal. In honor, in preference to one another. It's just really easy not to honor each other. And I, here's what I think is one of the diseases of the twenty-somethings: sarcasm. <laughs> No. Yeah. Sarcasm is sarcasm is it's easy humor because it's humor at somebody else's expense. I want to challenge you to grow your intellect and have sarcasm. Not have sarcasm, but have humor that's not at other people's expense. And and I get it. It's fun. It's I and I'm I'm not you know I'm not totally prude. Like I don't think occasional little sarcasm, but. Here's what happens with sarcasm is it starts out kind of innocent and it very quickly goes to a bad place. And then you're kind of one up in each other and before you know it, you've really hurt somebody. And I, and, you know, I know I'm being a little intense, but, but I just, I see it in my own life too. I like to be funny. I love being funny. Like, I consider it a spiritual gift in my life. <laughs> you know, I think I am a gift. I am a gift, right? And that's called humility in my life. Okay, but anyway... But, but being funny is great, but, but funny at other people's expense. Guys, just, just want to challenge you. Ask God to help you step it up and figure out how to be funny and not put other people down in the process. And, and when you do that, what happens is you actually honor other people. Because when, you, when, you, when you're using humor that cuts people down, you're dishonoring them, which is really sinful, actually. <laughs> Welcome to the first regenerate, right? <laughs> We're almost done. Um, so, do I have time to do a little exercise, like five minutes? Yeah, they can do that. Team, is it okay? Sure. I know I'm a little yeah, over. We can, we can do that you want to do that instead of groups? Okay. So, I want to, I want to practice some. I want to show you something that's just asking good questions. Is there anybody who wants to like? So. I want, what I want to do is have just a little, demonstrate a little dialogue between somebody who maybe has a situation they want to solve, they haven't solved yet. Um, it could be really shallow, really deep, doesn't matter. But I just want to have a dialogue and I want to demonstrate. Anybody want to guinea pig this? Douglas, do you want to do it? All right, come on up here. Come on, give the great man. So we'll just stand. So Douglas, so listen to me now. Listen, I think I wrote this on your, maybe I didn't, but would you write down how, what, when? How, what, when? And then write the word why and put an X through it. Like, don't use the word why. And hopefully I can do that. But what I want you to, what I, my, what I want to demonstrate here is Douglas is going to present to us here in a minute some kind of thing you want to improve or a problem or something. Are you thinking of something? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then what I'm going to try to do is just draw out of him these solutions. 
I'm gonna try not, I'm, I'm gonna try to pull out of him, not push my opinions. Okay? Which is hard for a talker. Okay. All right, Douglas. What, 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 what can we help you with? Uh, let's see. So I, I like my job. I work at UNFCU. Okay. Uh, Just use it, sweet. You like your job work at UNFCU? Yeah, um, but I don't have a creative outlet anymore now that I'm done with school. And it dragged me down because I'm just doing the same thing over and over. And I don't feel like I'm contributing intellectually okay. anymore. All right, so you don't have a, you don't have a creative outlet. Yeah. Um, graduated, working, doing the nine to five. Yeah, enjoy college while you're in. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, so when you, I totally hear you, and it's a great, it's a great, great challenge. So, when you think about those creative outlets, what what kind of things come to mind? Um, what kind of things come to mind? I I enjoy uh, writing a lot. Okay. Writing. Writing, like, yeah. Not like not riding. I like riding a bike. I'm not a horse. <laughs> Horses are scary. Um, yes, writing. Yes, got it. Um, what else? That's really it. Creative writing, like so. That'd is it creative writing? Yeah. Is it what kind of writing? It's honestly anything. Yeah, I would say creative. Creative writing. <laughs> what kind of things have you done in the past that just totally jazzed you? Like it's um, like, oh, I love that. My. My senior research project was about memes, and I wrote a wrote a thirty-five page paper on memes. <laughs> a thirty-five page paper yeah. on memes. Did there did his group win? Yep. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. It paid off. This, this, <laughs> it paid off. It's all tuition. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, that's and then just a lot of other papers and. I wrote for the, the LC newspaper for a bit, and I enjoyed that because I could take things that I liked okay. and kind of like promote them. I okay. Guess, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, so what? A Thirty-five page paper, writing memes, creative writing. Are you doing any other? Are you currently doing any kind of writing? Uh, no. Okay. Other than like journaling, Bible okay, just stuff, kind of but personal just, journaling. Yeah. So what do you think? is a good next step for you to just kind of get that writing thing going. It sounds like that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, What's a good next step? I think getting, I don't know, getting, getting connect, like getting connected to the right group or um, like, I guess, yeah, group is the right group. Like a writing group or something? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Some, some, some like project. Does any come to like, mind? Is, is there a writing group that you know of that you could be a part no, of? No, not really. Um, what do you think I mean, I guess I could out? keep writing for the LC newspaper, but it feels weird. It's okay. like when you go to high school football games and you're letting them okay. check and you graduated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like... <laughs> Good point. Like, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Good point. So, all right. So maybe not the LC. Are, is there other, other like, if, if you just, if you were switching the tables and I was the one who wanted to increase my writing, what would you say would be a next step for me? <laughs> really, that's why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, well, you know way more about of, writing than me. Think of something that you enjoy aside from what we're talking about, and think of how you can use it to have fun, but also to actually contribute. Yeah. Instead of just. Okay. I mean, wow. I'm like. You're good. Yeah. 
Okay. Out on a limb, like a little thin branch. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So, um, what's keeping you from getting the journal out, opening your computer, and writing for 15 minutes a day? Just anything that comes to mind. Because you can't turn on inspiration. And that sucks. And I think that's why a lot of people give up. You can't turn on inspiration. It has to come naturally. You can't just be like, I'm going to be creative for 15 minutes. I can anyway. Some people can. I actually think that's a lie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And why is that? Um, Well, because I I think that may be one of your greatest lives. I'm I'm an artist. Uh, I don't know if you know that. I'm not a writer, although I write every week um, because I have to preach a sermon every Sunday. God just writes that for you. And if I only did that when I was inspired, uh, there'd be a lot of weeks you guys would never hear a sermon. So just to encourage you, and we're going to wrap this up because I don't want to, okay. I mean, you've been really good. No, I'm in my zone now. You're near the zone. <laughs> I want to challenge you, maybe yeah, like, now I'm going to do a little bit of, is it okay if I give you a couple, is it okay if I give you a couple ideas? Ah, yeah. Okay. So, because mostly I've been asking you to give me the ideas, right? And you've been a few, but I would say get one of those journals that has writer prompts or go out on the internet and just get some prompts for writing and just say, I'm going to spend whatever. 10 minutes a day answering that question, right? You did it with me, so I don't know, maybe you need to just write more yeah, about it. took me almost a year, but. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever it is, just the goal here isn't to write some genius thing. The goal is just to yeah. get your juices going and let, I think if you started writing, you might be amazed how inspired you'd get. Yeah. Okay, give my hand. Yeah. So, all right, what did you notice there? Anything? Did you notice anything? No. What's that? Besides the winks for me? <laughs> Anybody notice anything? Or is that totally like, yeah, that was fruitless? No, you weren't doubting what he was saying. Okay, I wasn't doubting what he was saying. Good. I wasn't putting him down. Yeah, that's good. Yeah? yeah? I was guiding the conversation. How was I guiding the conversation? Yeah. Right. So I was really trying to listen to him, and I was kept asking him questions. Right. Correct. You were yeah. You were in the driver's seat, but like with not the intention of okay, I'm just going to lead him to the solution. But these are questions that like you were saying, hey, I actually care about what you're going through, and you're directing it to. It's like there can't be this genuine intention behind your questions. The questions, you know, were yeah. never actually getting into it and hearing. Yeah. What's your name? Zach. Zach. I actually, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to be in the driver's seat. I was trying to be in the passenger seat. I was actually trying to let Douglas drive, but I was in the passenger seat saying, where do you want to go next? <laughs> I kept trying to ask him questions to go, but he's, he was driving because he could have said anything. So just, I, you're not totally wrong, but I just want to verify that because I wasn't trying to manipulate the conversation. I was just trying to ask the question to see where Douglas wanted to go with it. Then. Yeah, kind of on top of that, you were, you were the guide of the conversation. You were, the, you were 
helping him kind of be the hero of what was going on. Yeah. Like you were guiding him towards yeah. where he needed to go. Yeah. And it's all, in, in the end, it's all about where Douglas ends up, not where you end up. Correct. And also, you're, you're giving him self-reflective, um, you're helping him self-reflect rather than yeah. reflecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you were like reiterating what he was saying, but you weren't adding anything else to it or mm. anything. You weren't thinking about it. Mm. You trying to add, like, mm. you know, other ways to say it or whatever, like the only way to reiterate what you were saying. Right. Like right. I was kind of a reflective back. Here's what I, hear, here's what I heard you say. Is that, is that what you yeah, meant? Rather than even adding in other extraneous things that maybe you haven't even thought about, maybe add more to the process. Right. Good. Good. One more. You, uh, so I asked for permission. Yeah. I didn't just fire my opinions at you at the end. I did give you some advice, mm -hmm. but not a lot, but I didn't do it till the very end. So 90% was you, right? It wasn't a lot, but it was good. And I think that's the most important. Right. And that's a great, that's a great observation too. I, here's, what, here's what's interesting is when you get really good at asking questions, and I didn't say, one of the things I didn't try to do is lead with a why question. Because I could have easily, when you said, well, I'm not currently writing, I'm like, why? What's wrong with you? Right? right? Which, it's weird. When you lead with a why question, what happens is, is all of a sudden, Douglas could easily feel like, oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. I should be writing. Which isn't true. I don't want him to feel that way because that's not really, that's my, not my heart. That's not the goal. That is who you are. That is who you are. Close your eyes if you would, and I'm just want to read a passage I read from Psalm 139. This is this is so good. It says, "You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb." Thank you, God. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. with your eyes closed, I just want to do a couple things that I just really want to pray for all of us tonight that we would get a greater revelation of how loved we are by God. That I, and so what I ask for that first, Lord, would you and every person here, Lord, I thank you for every person here. You know them, you made them, you knit them together, they are amazing. Your thoughts towards them are precious. They're incredible. There, there's so many thoughts, God, that you have about them that can't even, it's, you can't even count them. They're like the sands on the shore, Lord. It's, it's incredible. And I pray tonight, would you, Holy Spirit, would you come and just bring a revelation of how much you love each person here? Like, I pray that the insecurities would just start to fall away, God, as, as they just peer at you and look at you and think about you, God, and you renew their thinking and their mind, Lord. And Lord, as they just rest tonight in that
that they'd have opportunity to just love others well. And they'd be able to do that just even a little bit better tomorrow because today they got a little greater revelation of how much you love them. Thank you for that. Pretty knit hearts in this group tonight, this semester. Lord, I just pray for new friendships. I pray for deeper friendships. Lord, would they see that they're a part of the big family of God, brothers and sisters of Christ. And um, but if you're here tonight and you've never said yes to Jesus, um, Jesus came on mission with a purpose so that someone said it tonight, it's hard to love like that when you don't value, you don't see your value, you know how much you've messed up, how much you've and God knew that. And so Jesus comes to earth and he dies on a cross and he was and he was buried, and, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again. He defeated death and did that on your path. And so if you don't know Jesus tonight, if you don't have a personal relationship with him, it's a it's a gift he offers, a grace gift. And if you say yes, you receive that gift. You're confessing that you need him. You're confessing that. You can't, you can't do it on your own. You need God, which is a perfect place to be. If everybody's eyes closed. Anybody said, Kevin, I've never made that decision, but I'd like to tonight. Anybody here, just, just slip up your hand, and I'll just pray with you from here. Anybody? Yeah, I see that hand. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to one person raise their hand up. Anybody else, just, just, uh, just agree with this prayer, right? Where he's right where you stand dear Jesus I just ask you to forgive me of my sins so just agree with this prayer and, and um, Lord forgive me cleanse me Lord I just invite you into my life from this day forward that I would be your child um, that I would be led by you and guided by you every step of the way from today forward thank you for that life Thank you for taking care of my sin on that cross. In Jesus' name.